Hello, my name is John Bresler. I am the founder and president of Lofco New York. And what I love about beauty is making people feel good about themselves. From New York City, you're listening to Beauty Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the beauty industry. Hi, John. Welcome to Beauty Is Your Business. I'm April Franzino, your host for today, and I'm so excited to get a little more in-depth with the story of your journey and the journey of your business over your career and, and how it's grown into today. It's really, it's obviously touches on personal care products, but also home fragrances. And I feel like that's such a part of beauty now that people think of in their surroundings and not only in their personal routine. So kind of rewind us back, John, to where it all began and how you ended up in this industry. I've heard the story personally, and I'm excited to get to share it with a wider audience. Well, thank you. And I'm glad to hear you say that home fragrance and personal fragrance is part of beauty. I I certainly agree. It's all about how you feel, what your state of mind is, how people change their state of mind with beauty or home fragrance. Lofco celebrated its 30th anniversary this year. I started my career as an attorney and I lasted a few years and realized that working behind a desk was not something that I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And I was determined to fulfill my life with an entrepreneurial, fun activity. I didn't know what it was going to be, but I knew that that's what I wanted. I really felt that life was too short. I moved to Switzerland to take a job. And my story starts with visiting a home-style antique apothecary called the Bellevue in Zurich and saw a just a wealth of cottage industry beauty. Cottage industry beauty that was focused on wellness and natural beauty. And I thought that that was the most wonderful thing I had ever seen. And it was my aha moment. And it was from that moment on that I decided that my career was going to be in wellness beauty. I had that idea. I came back to the States. I made a decision that I was going to spend all the money I had saved up as a lawyer launching this business. And I went on a one-month odyssey around Italy looking for cottage producers of niche beauty products. And I started importing them. You know that expression, you have to kiss a lot of frogs before (laughs) you find your prince? That's what it was like for me. I, I brought a lot of what I thought was unique, wonderful things to the United States that just didn't resonate. I brought up a line of propolis products to the United States. And true beauty aficionados understand the value of propolis, but modern customer doesn't. So failure number one. And there were many. I, I was bringing in carrot juice bubble bath from an old monastery outside of Siena. Bad idea number two. But I knew that if 
I knew that if I just kept at it, something would happen for me. And I did get a, a lucky break. I visited what I thought was the holy grail of natural skincare, which is the Santa Maria Vella Pharmacy in Florence. Uh, and I visited there many, many times throughout my first year or two of starting this business. And of course, they turned me away the way everybody else turned me away. But eventually, they gave me the distribution rights of Santa Maria in the United States. And what that enabled me to do was spend months on end in Florence learning everything there was to learn about homeopathic skincare. And that was a wonderful break for me because Santa Maria was such a big name that it landed me a spot in the nest of good importers of beauty brands in the United States. So I was then able to really parlay that into going after other brands that I thought were really interesting. So for a while, I explored a, a product called Trilogy, and it was an organic CO2 extraction of rosehip oil. And while at the time that product wasn't successful for us, we distributed it for a few years, but even though it wasn't successful for us, it gave me the opportunity to delve into the idea that topical application of high omega fatty acid oils onto your skin was an extremely beneficial and therapeutic way to treat your skin. It enabled me to expand my knowledge and start to develop my own thinking and my own ideas of what it was to be a natural skincare producer. I then was able to get acquainted and uh, have a relationship with George and Lena Corez, who were the founders of Corez Natural Skincare. This was at a time where they did not have a product line. They simply had a homeopathic pharmacy in Greece. And I pursued them very heavily because that was an opportunity to work with them to build an entire skincare line in the Corez product offering. That was the first seven or eight years of Lothco. It was me really traveling around Europe, finding interesting products and interesting relationships and broadening my expertise. Luckily enough, I was approached by a master perfumer named Lorenzo Villaresi to import his perfumes in the United States. And while I really, my passion was homeopathic and natural skincare, I said yes, because I took that as an opportunity to learn perfumery. Lorenzo Villaresi is a classical perfumer, which means he makes very, very large bouquets of fragrance, 300, 400 ingredients. Lorenzo Villaresi did not sell in the United States. It was too rich and it was too complex. Not only did I learn 
perfumery, but I also started to learn people's tastes in perfume, the difference between Europeans' tastes and Americans' tastes. I saw this at the time, we're talking, you know, 2000, 2002, as really also becoming part of the bigger beauty story. As my distribution with Santa Maria Novella got bigger, I opened six retail stores selling beauty and fragrance. It was about me spending time on our retail floors, learning what customers wanted, learning the market. Yeah. So what was that experience like opening retail stores? I loved it. We do everything organically at Lofco. So our retail stores were not big multi-million dollar build outs. They were really very kind of neighborhoody and easy to be in. And it was more about trying to make a very inviting atmosphere. By the time we had these retail stores, we were now representing three fragrance brands. We were representing Santa Maria Vela, which is natural perfumery, perfumery made from essential oil only. We were representing Lorenzo Veloresi, which was big classical bouquets. And we were also representing a brand called Ode Italy. It's a brand um, that's associated with the Cyrano's Hotel in Positano. Again, a very like-minded entrepreneurial team there. They are a prestige hotel operator, and they decided to make a fragrance for their for one of their anniversaries. They decided to make a, a hotel fragrance. And the fragrance was so widely liked, one of the partners and her husband went into the fragrance business. We represented them for 12 years and had a very deep friendship with them as well. What was great about that line and the reason that I decided that it was should be part of Lafco's stable is that it was a third classification of perfumery that we weren't doing. They were doing very modern perfumery. They were doing proprietary molecule perfumery. We're talking avant-garde perfumery with avant-garde smells that aren't possible in classical perfumery or natural perfumery because they're based upon synthetic molecules. So going back to answering your question about what was it like in the stores, my big passion in the stores was to be able to introduce customers to these three different approaches to perfumery and let them decide which one they liked the most. And it was very clear for many, many people, the Lorenzo bouquets were just too big and they felt that it was too much perfume for them. Some people felt that some of the avant-garde perfumes that Ode Italy was offering were too avant-garde for them. Um, some obviously loved them, but people's tastes became very clear to me very quickly. So as our company progressed, I became more interested in perfumery. And I had the idea that 
the candle market was just starting to emerge in the United States, I decided that I wanted to enter the home fragrance market to start to make candles. And I feel very privileged that I was able to make the kind of candles that I wanted to make without really regard for whether they were sellable. We didn't do focus groups. We didn't show people. It was an experiment for me. So I approached it in a way that we were only going to do this the way I felt it should be done. Most importantly, we make a soy candle. One of the wonderful things about our branded Lafco product is that it brings my education and it brings my philosophy and desire to bring ethical, luxury, reasonably priced product to our consumers. When developing a candle line, natural was really important. So we decided to make a soy candle at a time when nobody made soy candles. Soy candles are very difficult to manufacture. They're difficult to develop due to technical reasons, but it was something that we wanted to do and did do. I don't like candles in clear glass. I love the scent of candles. I love the whole gestalt of burning candles, but I'm not crazy about seeing the flickering flame. So I decided that we would start to experiment with new glass techniques to make our candles. And we came up with this technique of hand-blowing glass with some colored pigment embedded inside the glass so that the candle had a colorful glow when it was burning. And candles without clear glass had never been done before. And, you know, by the time we were ready to launch this candle, it turned out to be really expensive. I specified that the candle needed to be X percent of natural essential oils, which are more expensive. So when we went to launch it, we had a really expensive candle. And when we started asking our salespeople and started putting it out in the community, they said, you know, like, you're never going to sell this candle. It was $50 and it was 2007. And there really wasn't a luxury candle market in the United States. And I said, well, you know, we're launching it anyway and we'll see how it goes. You know, if you can get your customer to buy it once, they're going to love it and they'll come back. Um, that's what happened. And now we are fully fledged in the home fragrance market. We have indeed stopped distributing other natural skincare products. We have stopped distributing niche perfumery. We are focusing only on our Lafco brand. But what I have been able to do is start to go back to some of the Italian producers that I had met 20 years ago and have asked them to start to make natural skincare for Lafco. And that's really been an incredible sort of 25 year later 
look back and say, look what you've been able to do. Launch your own product based upon a philosophy of luxury and integrity that has been well-received by the market, and then be able to go back and start to develop skincare products based upon essentially the philosophy that the higher the concentration of omega fatty acids that are in your skincare products, the better that they are going to be for you as a general principle. Yes, decades and decades of building and changing and you know all of that evolution of your brand. And I'm curious to kind of go back to when Lofco as a brand, you know, selling its own products launched. And, you know, you mentioned you were doing things differently than other brands on the candle and home fragrance market had done before. Why do you think it was such a success during that time where obviously there was a proliferation of like a lot of those mall sort of candle brands and that were having a moment too? Why do you think that you were really doing something more artisanal and it found such a niche and was such a success that's carried on now for decades? We're an organization of 10 or 15 people that has always been led by me. We take pride in giving to our consumer what we feel is the best we can give them, irrespective of difficulty and price. People say to me, I love Lafco. And I say, well, why? They say, well, your fragrances are better. I don't get headaches when I burn you. There's just the quality level that I like. What is it? And I said, it's really simple. It's called soy. It's just simply called soy. When you compare a paraffin versus a soy candle, paraffin is petroleum, soy is vegetable wax. When you burn petroleum indoors, you're emitting petrol soot and you've got all of these ills of burning petroleum indoors. And I think without people really even knowing or wondering or being interested, they burned our candle and it had a different sensibility and they liked it. The other thing we do is without regard to cost, when a company manufactures a candle, there's a seesaw that goes on. And the seesaw is making the fragrance strong enough so that it smells a lot, but not making it too strong so that you're spending too much money or making it too strong that there's too much fragrance in the candle and it doesn't burn well. But essentially, I believe that my competitors, when they make a candle, they start with the lowest percentage of fragrance they can put in it. And if it smells enough, they stop because fragrance is money. And when Lofco develops a candle, we do it on the flip side. We start with an amount of fragrance where the candle is just able to stay lit. And then we start to reduce it by tiny fractions. And as soon as we have a properly burning candle, that's the percentage of perfume that goes in. So... Another answer to your question is, why does Lofco resonate? Because our candles actually really smell a lot. And customers are have in the past from other companies bought candles that 
I don't know, didn't smell so much. And so when a customer brings a Lofco candle home and it's filling up their house, it's like, wow, this is incredible. That is why it is the same for our diffusers. We test and test and test and test. And the criteria for the strength of a Lofco diffuser is, does the customer smell the diffuser when they open the front door to their house? <laughs> okay. I love that. And there are tons of companies where you buy a diffuser, it smells a lot for two or three weeks, and then it dies. And our diffusers are much more expensive than other companies' diffusers. But again, it's that idea that customers don't mind spending more money on a product as long as it delivers. Right. And you get that quality that you just can't get anywhere else. If it delivers, they love it. And that is really the essence of Lafco. It costs more, but we deliver. That is for sure. And I'm just curious too, once the brand obviously transformed into its own entity, how was it getting established in, with retail partners and that type of thing? How did that go about? Obviously, you had had the stores individually, and then obviously you're in different distribution now. So how did that transition happen? It was relatively easy for us because we were already distributors. We were already reselling Santa Maria Vallo. We were already reselling Odi Italy. We launched Corez in the United States. We had it for 12 years, you know, so it was us that placed Corez throughout the United States. When we launched our first four candles in 2007, we were selling to the same retailers and we had already established a relationship of trust and all of that's required in retail. Right. That's great. And then... One more question. When you made the transition from home fragrance into personal care products, you know, like lotions, hand washes and that type of thing, how did that kind of occur? And what were the challenges in doing that? Because obviously something that you put on your skin and your body is a little bit different than something in your home. It is perhaps the most challenging obstacle that Lafco has faced ever. It's twofold. Number one is often, and we are not alone, when beauty brands go into fragrance or fragrance brands go into beauty, customers don't accept it. They have an idea of what this company is and you're going against it. So it has been a struggle in that regard for us. The other struggle for us, we are also selling a highly natural product. Uh, our body lotion is 98% naturally derived. It has no stabilizers in it. It has minimal amount of natural emulsifiers in it. However, there are problems. There are often our moisturizer will separate and it needs to be shaken. And the Italian suppliers like, no, just tell your customer to shake it. And that doesn't fly in the United States. Customers don't want to shake their product. This is something that I have encountered throughout my career in natural skincare. People want natural, but they will not give up. It's difficult for them to give up the attributes of synthetic 
that they are so used to, okay? We have had a struggle with our body cream when a store says, you know, a customer came in to complain about the body cream. It was liquidy and they thought it was no good. And we say, well, just shake it. So my team is saying, John, I think you need to revise the formula. And I am not revising the formula. I want to sell natural skincare. So it is a very difficult answer to your question. And I wish I could have a sign or, you know, something that people would notice that says natural things aren't like synthetic things. They act differently. Our liquid soap has no sulfates in it. It has very, very little other bubbling agents. So our liquid soap, it has a lather as opposed to a large amount of bubbles. Obviously, some people just adore it because it's so gentle on your skin and all of that. But we are constantly fielding complaints. Oh, this doesn't bubble. Is something wrong with it. It's an emerging field in the United States that is going to take companies like mine and all the other natural skincare producers to teach people that some of the things they associate with quality have nothing to do with quality. Bubbles are not your friends. Squeaky clean is not good. But so many people, that's just the way they think. Definitely. So I could see that could be a challenge. But once they smell and try your products, it's pretty incredible. You know, slowly you're changing and you're kind of ahead in your innovation in that area. So everyone will catch up eventually. And so as we wrap up, John, I'm just curious what the future holds for Lofco. What do you see coming up? I know there's always interesting things being developed by you and your team. Last year, we launched a little candle line called Absolute. And Absolute is telling the story to our customers of what an absolute perfume oil is. And so one of these directions that I'm going in is more informative and educational. I feel like we've gained a position now that people trust us and we can start to become a bit more storytelling and start to educate customers about things that we think are interesting. So Absolute is one of them. I'm working on a project for 24 where we are sourcing various materials from some smaller community farming associations. And this is something that a lot of the fragrance houses are doing, but nobody's really telling the story to the general public. And so I'm developing another little mini candle collection using some of these ingredients and telling that story. The other thing I'm doing is a lot of the fragrance houses are starting to make a lot of technical innovations in fragrance. You know, we're starting to see technical innovations in fragrances that have effects on your brain beyond aromatherapy, synthetic molecules that make you feel better, synthetic molecules that help you sleep. That is something I've become very passionate about, whether it's that technology or 
odor removing technology, but looking at various technologies in the fragrance industry and seeing how I can pull them into the home fragrance market and introduce our customer base to something they've not seen before. That's incredible. I so look forward to seeing these innovations and hearing the stories behind them that you're so wonderful at telling in a way that we don't always get to hear. So thank you. At this point, we'll ask you for your final thought to leave with our listeners and then how they can connect with you and the brand. I am John B. at Lofco.com. The brand is Lofco New York at Lofco.com. And I just want to say thank you. You know, we are a company that is trying to produce luxury in a way that has integrity and our success in the marketplace says to me that customers appreciate us and it's a wonderful feeling for sure they definitely do and as a fan and a customer myself i can say that's definitely true so congratulations on all of your decades of success and we really appreciate your time john thank you for being here thank you to everyone for listening check back next week for another great guest I'm April Franzino, and this is Beauty Is Your Business. This has been Beauty Is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network, and find prior episodes at beautyisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening.